How to Win the Lottery, Season 4, Episode 2, All the King's Men by Robert Penn Warren from the Suck Shit Sufjan <laughs> Stevens Module Number 1. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I am Tulsa, Oklahoma. We are recording this from a cold and blustery New Jersey day, watching... We don't need to date when this is. We have enough Tub Talk episodes. It's Christmas Day, 2022. Where we're talking about the League Championship Series... Five months before the episodes came out. Yeah. Uh, there is sports on TV. We won't tell you what it is, but it's colder there than it is here. But we're down in hot and sticky Louisiana Proceed for book two of three in the Louisiana module. These books feel hot. Yeah, feel yeah, hot yeah, to you? yeah. I feel like, feel Actually, like, like I, uh, you know what I was watching the other day is uh, Hustle and Flow. Have you ever seen that movie? No. You've never seen Hustle and Flow? Touchdown Bengals. Oh, okay. No, I, I have not seen Hustle and Flow. It's a good movie. But um, also, like, it is similar to, like, uh, uh, Do the Right Thing or um, the appropriately named Body Heat. Okay. Like, it is a movie that just fucking looks hot. Yeah. Like, it looks humid. Everyone's sweaty all the time. You can, like, tell that they're exhausted because it's just, like, they've been hanging out in the heat all day. It's one of those movies that just, like, you really get the sense that the characters in it are, like – you know, being pushed to the edge partially because of the climate that they're in. That's something that I don't know if we talked about with the moviegoer, but I remember thinking with the moviegoer and thinking again here, like just people feel sweaty. Like it feels like yeah. no one's really comfortable. And I think that also goes to like the, the narrative of it all, but it's just like feels like Louisiana. Also, this book, you know, it's 19, what, the when does this book take 37. place? 37. Uh, well, so it bounces around a little bit, but I think most of it takes place in like 39-ish. Okay. Um, during the Depression, mm-hmm. right? And 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 Prohibition. I think, or maybe no. Part of it's in prohibition. This is not pro. Oh, prohibition is just the twenties. Every year of the twenties is prohibition, right? So, but there, they, they, there's part of this takes place in prohibition. But yes. yeah, but like there's, um, you know, which is obviously like pre, uh, like people didn't have air conditioning and shit back then. Yeah. So like there, and and they're in Louisiana. There's parts in the in the in this book where he's like. I was going to go swimming, but it was too hot out. And yeah. it's just like that. That's another level of too hot. Mm-hmm. Like when it's too hot to, to do the thing that cools you off from being hot. Yeah. That's a, a whole other world. I remember like the hottest, like the most uncomfortable, like the only time I've ever really felt that is when I was in college. And like, because I was in a dorm, they would either turn, they would turn the entire system from like either heat or air. It couldn't do both. It'd be one or the other. And I remember it was like really, really hot too early and they hadn't moved to air conditioning yet and we're all just like dying we can't turn anything on we're just like we can't move we can't go outside because it's too hot but we can't stay inside me it's just it was just like misery i have yeah i have memories like that from when i was a kid because um for some reason there was a point when i lived in a house maybe multiple houses that just didn't have air conditioning and we would leave the windows open but if you get a day where there's no wind yeah and it's like hot and humid it can be really i remember trying to sleep when it was like unbelievably hot when I was like eight or nine yeah, years old. Yeah, I can't fall asleep if it's too hot. Yeah, when I was eight or nine years old and just laying in bed like on top of the sheets, just like sweating and mm-hmm. being like, this is so miserable. Yeah. Anyway, that used to be what life was like. Now it's like a box of chocolates. Yeah. Um, Air conditioned. Yeah. Refrigerated. What is All the King's Men about? Uh, it's about how dangerous it is to play the game of tackle football. Uh-huh. And what else? It's about a uh, populist governor of the state of Louisiana in the early 20th century and the various ways in which purity can be corrupted. Yeah. So some very quick background on this book from the wiki. It was inspired by the real-life story of U.S. Senator Huey P. Long. Um, senator? I thought I, I thought he was a governor. Wiki says Senator. 
Uh, Warren claimed this book was never intended to be about politics, even though, sure, okay. And it won the Pulitzer Prize in 1947 for, I guess, literature. Well, so so like to claim that a book is not meant to be about politics is interesting because like there is that part that I was talking about that I thought was really poetically said, which is something along the lines of like politics is action, which is like making inaction imperfect because inaction is peace the same way that sure. being yeah, yeah, yeah. adds a flaw to non-being, which is God. Um, so like to say that a book is not like not meant to be political is to say that a book is not meant to exist because politics exists in the cross section of all things, including, right. Including love and including well, all like the, the other like stuff. The whole, that, like people saying like, I don't like talking about politics. Like, well, like everything is kind of politics. Like you can't, like yeah. you can say like, you don't want to talk about like who you're voting for, but like, Saying you don't like talking about politics is like you are coming from a place of privilege and you don't want to question that privilege. Yeah, but even even then, even even like the, the decision to to remain apolitical is itself a political decision. For sure. Like there's no – there's absolutely no way to get away from engaging in political life, especially now in America when, when like political life is encroaching on all sides and you can't get away from – even the world's dumbest people on the internet have opinions. It's very true. I include myself among the world's dumbest people with opinions. On the internet, yeah. Uh, Our next book, the finale for this miniature season, season, uh, Competitive Events, has also won the Pulitzer Prize. So it's two in a row. Did you know that? Uh, I probably could have, would have known that. I didn't, I didn't put it together, but I think that I knew that both these books were Pulitzer Prize winners. So this novel, All the King's Men, has been adapted a bunch of times, a lot for the stage. Um, Warren even wrote one stage adaptation himself, so... I guess you could do that. It feels like it's too expansive for a stage play, but, you know, also maybe too expensive for a movie. Who knows? Yeah, you strip it down, probably. Uh, it was originally, I believe, I believe it was originally a novel in verse. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Is it like, like Shakespearean, you mean? Like a like a rhyming? I don't know if it was rhyming, but written in verse. Okay. It, the first film adaptation came out in 1949, won Best Picture, Best Actor, and Best Supporting Actress. It had four more nominations. The Library of Congress deemed it culturally significant in 2001 and selected for preservation. Um, but it is known, however, for deviating significantly from the storyline. Well, I, yeah, I don't think there's any way that you could not deviate from the storyline if you're trying to make it a new movie. Well, in 2006, Steve Zalian, we were talking about before we started recording, wanted to more faithfully follow it. He made a movie, and it was both a critical and a commercial disappointment. Yeah. But the cast is stacked. we got Sean Penn in there, Jude Law, Kate Winslet, Anthony Hopkins, James Gandolfini, Patricia Clarkson, Mark Ruffalo, and Kathy Baker, and Jackie Earl Haley. Like, that's nine pretty solid actors in a flop. Yeah. Because I think part of it, without having seen the movie, Sean Penn is all wrong for Willie Stark, I think. I also don't like Sean Penn. I don't like Sean Penn either, but I think, do you think he got cast because Penn is in his name like Robert Penn Warren? Maybe. Nepo baby. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know that Sean Penn is necessarily wrong for that part. I think Sean Penn has, I haven't seen the movie either, but in my head, Sean Penn is doing an absurd Louisiana accent. And he's like really leaning. But I think Sean Penn is like the right amount of ugly for the role. Okay. Like he's, he's like inside and out. No, no. I mean, and, and ugly, I don't even, this is like how, when I use boring as a non pejorative or uh sloppy as a non pejorative, like when I say ugly, I don't mean that Sean Penn is an ugly person. Sean Penn is a unique looking person, right? He does. He's not like a, uh, he's not classically handsome. He's, he's not, not he's classically, he's not classically handsome. handsome. Yeah. He's interesting. And I think like other people think that too, because Sean Penn has had many beautiful, like 
wives and yeah. things like that. It's not like so when I say that Sean Penn is ugly, I don't mean like I don't mean ugly in a traditional sense. I mean ugly in that he's like deviated wildly from what we expect movie stars to look like at this point. And so like when I was thinking of what Willie Stark looks like. Sean Penn's not that far away because I think Willie Stark has to look like someone who is working class, which we do not have working class actors anymore. They they barely exist. The couple that I that that are in my head that do exist are also not right for the part. But when I started reading the book, which I then pivoted to the audiobook, which is read by Michael Emerson. Do you know Michael Emerson from Lost? He's also from Person of Interest. No. I was looking at the cast from the 06 movie because they're actors that I know, and I'm like, okay, some of these make sense. And so Jude Law as Jack, who's largely the narrator of the text. Is and the narrator of the text. Yes, he is the narrator of the text. <laughs> largely, pretty much the entire time. Well, um, I guess I guess there's that section where, where Cass. I, that's my least favorite chapter in the book. Yeah, right. We'll talk about that. But I was like, oh, I could see Jude Law as this. And then like when Michael, when I started listening to the audiobook, I just started picturing Michael Emerson because like I know his voice because he's like one of the major parts of Lost. I'm just like, oh, he could also kind of work. But then in, in my head, I only cast two other people. I had John Goodman as Willie, which I think you said was pretty good. I think there's a lot of people who could probably play Willie. Like, I think it's an Yeah, an Joaquin easy Phoenix role. was my, the one that I thought of. And the other person that I had as Sugar Boy is Barry Keoghan. But, think, uh, uh, yeah, right. But he also, he's also not, like, intensely significant to the plot. I oh, mean, he kind of is. He is, but, like, he's not, like, like, it's Willie and Jack for the most part. Like, they're, and, you know, whatever they go from there. But, yeah. Yeah. Where do you want to begin? You had had said to me that you think that if he could read or if he read um that this would be a book that Donald Trump really liked if i thought he knew how to read can you explain what you mean by that i think there is i think a lot of the rhetoric that he demonstrated the like i'm one of you i'm not like them mm-hmm. like i think you could read this and extract the drain the swamp narrative yeah, for sure yeah. i think you could read this and extract the like they're not you. I'm you. I'm a hick like you. I'll run. I won't get any votes. I don't care. I just want to, I want to represent you. And even if you don't vote for me, that's fine. Like all of the things, like the playbook he uses to get his foot in the door of politics after he is like backstabbed by other actual politicians. I feel like that is all like explicitly things that we've seen in the last decade a lot. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause like Trump, uh, presents himself as someone that is aspirational for people to be yeah. like Trump would never be like, I'm a redneck. Right. I'm a hit. Like he, he still thinks that he's better than those than people. And he presents himself as being better. I think that's the major difference between him and Willie. Willie's also a democratic, uh, a Democrat from the deep South, which is back then Democrats were the only people who had any chance to be elected in the deep right. South. They say like, you know, he's a, he's running for Democrats, but it's not like that means anything because yeah, because the primary is the final. Correct. And and but Willie specifically, like, is his actual politics match up with modern day leftist politics in a lot of ways. Like he like true leftist politics. Like he wants free education for everyone. He yep. wants free health care for everyone. Yep. He's like very like, you know, wants to um in a very real way help out poor people because that's where he comes from. Uh, and, and so like what the book is when the book is Willie's story, it starts out as Willie's story and then it sort of deviates, right. um, off the path, which I wasn't 100% happy with when that really started happening. Um, cause I like Willie to me is a more compelling character Definitely. than Jack is. Well, I think part of, I have a, I have a thought about that, but keep going. Willie is pure of heart. And then, yeah. we're, but, but we're, we're told the story in a nonlinear way. So Willie, like when he starts, he's pure of heart, but ultimately he becomes the type of person that 
uh, manipulates to get his way because he has like a frankly very convincing argument where he's like, these rules are all just made up anyway. So we're going to do things and then we're going to make rules based around what we do because what we're doing is the right thing. We're not going to let rules get in the way of us doing the right thing. Right. I also think that he, by the end, is like very concerned with legacy, which I feel like is something that, you know, the Trump thing also is like, sure. just like, it's like, you know, you know, we had these this time or whatever, but like, we want to be remembered and whatever, like all that sort of stuff. I think the issue with the Jack stuff is that Jack is like a non-character, like by design, like he's, he's in action. Well, this is something that, uh, so, so I was thinking about this book as a like correlative to um, The Great Gatsby. In a lot of ways, because okay. number one, it is you have uh, Jack, who is the Nick, a Nick Carraway esque character, telling a the story of a significantly more compelling and charming sure. man yep. than mm-hmm. he is. Mm-hmm. Um, you also have this. Uh, I think I think you can make an argument for this novel as a great American novel, as one of like a, a handful of novels that capture the scope of what it means to what, at least the the American twentieth century, which is kind of the point a point of what we're doing with the state modules i think right yeah for sure yeah for sure so i think i think like and and great gatsby is probably the novel that most often gets claimed as the great american novel right um so so i think that they're both telling this story about america and the story about america that they're telling is kind of the same which is that the american dream if you buy into it may bring you everything that you want but it's also going to kill you. Yeah. And it's going and, and you're not going to get it without corrupting everything that you touch. Directly or indirectly. Yeah. 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 Cause like essentially what's happening in this novel is you see one character after another corrupted by Willie Stark. By 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 their their closeness and connection with Willie Stark. And it is like very much a Shakespearean or a Greek tragedy Mm -hmm. in that like all these characters die. It's also, they're not only corrupted by him, but by one another too. Like Jack corrupts a lot of them. They all Mm -hmm. intertwine with one another. They all kind of corrupt one another. I was, I think the Gatsby thing is a good comparison. I haven't read that since high school. So it's not like fresh in my head. I was thinking about it, not in terms of like the story, but I was comparing it, the style of it, the two different things. Number one, just, we just did the movie go and I feel like there's two novels in a row with like kind of an aimless, 30-ish year old dude who like doesn't know what he wants in life and feels like he's wasted the past and doesn't have a future in mind. But I feel like with the movie goer, like Binks was like compelling and charming. And I pretty actively dislike Jack for a lot of this because it feels like he just yeah. like squandered life. So th- but th- there's something interesting there in that he is an aimless person who very much has his hand on the wheel of history. Yeah. Right. He's like he he might be someone who is as unsure about what he wants to do or as unsure about yeah. any opinion that he actually has. But he's also like at the seat of power, at least in yes. Louisiana. Like yeah. he, he can manipulate things to an incredible degree. For sure. And the other thing, and I think this might just be my dumb brain because I listen to both an audiobook, but I feel like the plotting and the pacing, if nothing else, reminded me of Owen Meany. In me like seeding, I could see, I could seeding see, of yeah. themes throughout. Mm-hmm. Although, unlike the shot in this, this all sort of ends in a way where just like, okay, I get it. Um, which, I, I to the same point, like, Owen Meany kind of ends in a way where, like, that, that that's the only ending that could possibly be. So, like, this is also yeah. kind of like an inevitable ending as well. But, like, that feels like a magic trick, like we said on that episode. And this just feels like, yeah, 
everybody, of course, everybody's gonna get screwed. Like, no, this is. Gonna, there's no way you start this book like, oh, it's gonna have a happy ending, right? Like, it's just do you, going do to. Do you think that's because you are um, familiar and cynical with American politics, or or do you think it's some like uh, something that's more attached to the idea of, of storytelling structure? What that I think is going to be a, a, a not a a downer of like predicting a, a sad ending. Yeah, that that you know it's going to move toward tragedy instead of. Well, aside from the, I mean, I, I did have it spoiled by accident on the wiki. Even without that, I think like, I don't think narratively you tell a story about power, where the power does not corrupt or you don't lose yeah. the power. Yeah, you don't get to your six hundred and sixty page book where at the end it's like <laughs> right, and then he was elected president and and he fixed all these problems. <laughs> right. Like that does yeah that. It doesn't make sense storytelling wise, but also it feeds into this idea of, you know, for, for a book about a populist governor, it also feeds into this populist idea of like those people, they're not like us. They like, they yep. will manipulate yep. the world to get what they want. And you and I, we don't have that ability. We're just suckers who are like, you know, trying to farm and like live our best lives, uh, while being manipulated by these forces that are significantly greater than we are. Exactly. Yeah. The, the the biggest issue I have with this book, because I, I said to you also before I started recording, I think it's a better book. The, I don't know how to say this, but like on a scale of one to 10, I think it's one of the best books we've like in terms of writing, one of the best books that we've written. Yeah, I agree. We've read. I agree. In terms of how much I enjoyed it, it's like seven or eight ish. Like I, I liked a lot of it. I didn't love it. Um, seven, seven or eighth of all like the no, 30, no, 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 like seven or eight out of 10, like, okay. you know, like on a scale of one to 10 or whatever. Like, I think it's like a 10 out of 10 in terms of writing. I think it's a seven there in terms of like things that I like, like I enjoyed it. I liked, I really like parts of it. I just think some of it didn't really work for me. Um, the thing that I have the biggest issue with is like the hundred page chapter about Cass yeah. that basically seems to be in there to be like, and that's the butterfly effect. And like, even like the end of the chapter, just like, and, and there that's are parallels, right? It's to remind you that like, um, like a corruptive force is, is like right. has like impact on people yes. that aren't necessarily like, I see value in it, but it is really it's long. long. <laughs> yeah, no, I was reading that too. And I was just like, what is this? Why and are we, why it's, this book is already so long. And why again, like we... the John Irving, like the Owen meaning, it's like, okay, there's a diversion. Like I trust in the author. Yeah to like to, to pay this off and then like in the end it's just like all right so jack married Anne, even though it doesn't seem like either of them really happy maybe about it just like well we're the only ones left we might as well well the, okay so we and, and then he's like no i'm gonna finish that paper just like guy drop the cast stuff nobody gives a shit <laughs> yeah Anne's like you've been talking about this cast asshole for hundreds of pages now yeah okay so here's my problem yeah. with the book which i think again is an incredible book. I think I the 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 prose like is really like like no foot on the brakes downhill like uh-huh. poetics on top of poetics like all through this like lens of kind of blunt language that is not like I never when I was reading this book I was never like this is a book for academics in spite of it having poetic language and like I like one reason why I think it's a Pulitzer Prize book is that it's a book that is able to be read by everybody kind of yeah it's 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 like a real like like you could read it on the beach and it could be like uh especially in the 40s i mean maybe not so much now and i think i think like maybe that's what he meant about like it not being about politics like i didn't want to make something that like would immediately turn off a portion of the populace you know what i mean it's just like yeah because it takes that it in in chapter like six or or maybe seven it takes that swerve into becoming a romance where it's like oh like now we have this like Maybe it's maybe like a hundred pages the flashback of, him, of him like talking about his relationship with Anne and how they grew up together and were in love. 
and and there's no Willie Parker in that entire no, chapter. Correct. And and like so that whole chapter, I'm just like, where's Willie? Well, so like what I liked What's going about, on here? What I liked about this book, and I think you had another point that I that we sort of veered away from. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So keep that. But what I liked I'll get to it. what I liked about this on a whole was that basically what the story is is that Willie is running for office. The judge comes out, he endorses somebody else, and he he goes to Jack find dirt on him and like that's the whole like that's the turning point like and like i like that it's such a simple like the judge just wants another guy to win and like that basically sets off the 600 page narrative yeah like i think that's a very cool like it's so simple and straightforward in terms of like what sets this all up and it's just it's kind of vanity and pride and just like fuck that guy ruin him yeah and then there's hundreds of pages about like stuff that's you know on topic off topic whatever and I think it's very cool that like it's not like this gradual like what's it about what's it about different things it's just like I'm gonna end this guy's career and then it becomes more than that about like you know fatherhood and whatever but like I really appreciated how sim- for such a long novel for how simple the like what's it about it's like trying to ruin a guy's life it's also like there's something interesting in that like kind of the point is that like everybody's ruinable yeah right like you can like this guy was broke guess what broke people do desperate things that's but, that's how it works but Jack's like. There's usually like there's four ways to bring a guy down. Like I knew the three of them were, but like it's money. Like what? How could I like? And just yeah, it's like okay, mm-hmm. so we figure that out. Yeah, and like yeah, now it's it's uh, a lot easier. Sure. It's just like look at those tweet receipts. That's <laughs> that's it now. It's like we got to find this guy saying the n word once when he was 17 and he's done. Whereas like back then it was like I got to go to the library and look at these photo stats to find out like right. what's going on with this guy. Well, I think that's also what's cool about like setting him up. Like also just you know as a with a journalism degree that I'm not doing anything with having jack as a journalist in it's a logical career for him to be like i'll go research i'll find this i'll I'll investigate like that's exactly what i've like trained to do right yeah i was uh i i was talking with meg a little bit about this when we were uh like she was like let me know when you finish chapter five because that she said that was her favorite chapter so i read chapter five which is like the investigative journalism oh sure yeah and i i read that and i was like yeah this is like all the president's men are like spotlight or something like that whole chapter is just him like on a on a like page by page basis it's just like his process of figuring out how he's going to nail this guy and it is really really compelling It, it it like and then and then you move from that i think the next chapter after that is the romance chapter and you're like we we've really like thrown a bucket of water on the political thriller right aspect of this of this text just as it like really got uh like heated up it only because there's such distinct and like each chapter is like pretty long like they're like largely yeah. like all 60 to 75 ish pages like they're solid they're all like lengthy like there's no real like and there's a 10 page chapter about whatever which is like no these are all like we're in a thing for yeah, it's a, a while it's a 600 page book that's only 10 chapters long right the flashback of just like it was the summer I fell in love with Anne, and then we were about to have sex, and then we didn't, and that was the summer I fell out of love with Anne. It's just like, okay. No, I, I but I, I liked it, though, because, like, uh, like a thing that I liked about that chapter was um, the, the reason why we have that chapter is because he, she has started uh, seeing Willie. Right. And, and it's like, that is like, he... He, it's like he gets hit with a wrecking ball and it's like there's no like he doesn't have any claim on this person not that you can claim a person anyway but it's not like like they're not in a relationship right but she's just like his oldest love and he like kind of disdains willie because he knows who he really is so yep. he thinks that like she's this like pure thing that shouldn't be with someone that's corrupted like right. him and and then that like he feels like he does have a claim on her and that she's deciding to go to his boss instead of, it's like, I, I think it has all like the makings of a real, like, 
you know, it's like the it's like the apartment. You ever see the apartment? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it's the apartment. It's, a, it's a, like very much like that. Well, I think like what frustrated me was that like a lot of the when it's Jack's story, a lot of it is just like he has thrown his life away. He's never acted on things. He sat by. He's tried to like sit out of it or whatever. Like for one reason or another, like he doesn't really have a career. Like he just sort of fell into the Willie thing. He, you know, the the woman he eventually winds up marrying. He doesn't really love. Like it's not Anne. But then he's she's like, funny though. Like I love it. Their dinner party. She's like. We have good sex, like over, like, and, and he's just like, "All right, stop it! Like, you gotta stop, like, <laughs> telling dinner parties about our sex lives. It's weird. I don't like it." But then I, I, the same thing what you're saying about like the Anne stuff. Like, it's frustrating that he like claims dominion or ownership over her. It's like, dude, you chose not to act on her, on it, on your feelings or whatever. And then you get pissed when she's kissing other guys. It's like, yeah, because like you want you like you ended things. Like you can't just be like like it's a very toxic. He feels like he, the world is his, but like he doesn't like he doesn't do anything to earn it. Yeah, it's annoying. It's frustrating. Yeah, although arguably he does more to earn it than anybody else in the text. Sure, like he, he's like the most active person going around doing stuff. But he's right? doing things for other people. He's not doing things for himself. Yeah, that's and true. Like, that's like the ending where he's like, I'm finally going to write the thing or whatever. Just like, okay, yeah, like that's what you choose to do. Like yeah. that's the one action you want to take. I mean, I guess he marries Anne or whatever, but like. But he marries Anne after their lives are both over. Yeah. Right. They, they, they have no other options because let's get back to the thing that annoys well, me about the book. Because literally everybody else dies. But yeah, go ahead. Not only literally everybody else dies, but this is an epic, epic book about Louisiana politics that seems to posit that in all of Louisiana, there are only 10 people. Jack is tasked with finding information about Irwin, Judge Irwin. Yeah. Who turns out to be Judge? His hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. Judge Irwin is good friends with former Governor Stanton, mm-hmm. who is the father of Anne and Adam mm-hmm. Stanton, who are uh, Jack's best friend and um, girlfriend, like, like true love, whatever. The governor, obviously, the former governor, is in some ways rivals with with Willie Parker, um, the judge that. He looks looks up uh, to to like destroy ends up being his father. Yep. Um, who, when he reveals um, his corruption to him, that he knows his corruption, uh, the father kills himself, triggering the mother to like reveal his fatherhood to yep to uh, Jack. Jack being like, I lost two fathers that day. It's like, what are you? Guy. Yeah, like all of it, all like all of this stuff is like, like every bit of melodrama because it is melodrama. Yeah, like every bit of this is like tied around this idea that Jack literally is the center of the world. Yeah, right. Every thread, every person that he touches uh-huh. has this massive impact on the world. His, be- his childhood best friend ends up being the the person that runs the hospital that like and performs the surgery on Willie's son. Right. And Willie is sleeping. Willie, the governor, is sleeping with his childhood love, who is the daughter of the governor, which is Willie's rival, who uh, is was the governor who helped Jack's father. And it's like it's like there's only six people. Right. There's only six people in this entire state who are doing anything like I think part of that can be explained away in like okay so say Adam is a surgeon or whatever like Jack knows and like he's in his Rolodex and like he's able to bring yeah. like and, and make what makes sense and Anna's around but like you think about like they can't all be doing all of the things like I had this thought while watching Lost bring back to Lost for a second I know you haven't watched Lost but like any think of any ensemble show it's just like 
why does everything happen to these eight characters? Like there's 50 people on this island and every major thing happens to these eight characters. It's like, well, because they're writing the stories to fit the thing or whatever. But I think it's it's easier to explain away when it's a contained environment as opposed to just like, this is the accurate representation of all of Louisiana politics. Yeah. And it's basically like two and a half families and that's everything, which kind of might be no, true. No, th- th- this, is, this is like where I walk back my criticism of it, which is like- The, the Kennedys ins- the, 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 Yeah, the, yeah. the insularity of American politics and nepotism and this yes. idea of like- uh, But that doesn't seem to be the point like, he's making though. Yeah, right. Not exactly. That, he, 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 like that, that's not the point yeah, that was the point. It's a great point. Yeah. But that's not the point. Like, like the point seems to be, I have to tie everything together in this way so that it like fits into this melodramatic structure where like he may as well at certain points- be doing reveals during a thunderstorm and like he says like that's your father and then lightning goes you know and like it's it seems very soap operatic in there, a lot of ways there was a point where like I, I confused myself i'm like surely these can't be the same characters like i thought like, I, I thought i had like combined characters in my head like but it's no it's the same people just being like sort of repurposing and popping back up where i'm just like oh that actually only is six or eight people or whatever yeah. right so yeah, and then the surgeon becomes the per- the surgeon who operates on Willie's son and is the brother of the girl that Willie is sleeping with also ends up being the assassin that kills Willie. But, like, that Willie. kind of makes sense when you're, like, that tied in and, like, you feel like you've been betrayed by your best friend and your boss kind of and your sister. It's like, yeah, you're going to go – like, part of it, like, it – it becomes too coincidental, and then it's like, well, if you buy into that, I think everything that comes out of that is believable. Yeah, you, you have to buy – and also because it's not like – I maybe if we don't look at it as realism, like it's not necessarily even about that. It's about that Adam needs to be corrupted in some way. Right. Right, like everyone else. And so Adam's corruption is his like – the way in which he's – protective or claiming ownership or whatever over his sister like he thinks that he can control her life so he like is right. corrupted by the vi- by like retributive violence and also like you 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 also know that he is going to have a downfall when like he is convinced to take the job he doesn't really want to take the job right like he just he he doesn't want it and then eventually jack convinces him it's like well this isn't gonna end well for anybody he takes the job because he believes that it will be a way for him to do good he's convinced that if he doesn't do it less good will be done because his like his uh fatal flaw which Mm -hmm. makes him like in some ways a a tragic figure i guess is that he needs to do good yeah and but we know because willie is the force behind this that good is inevitably going to become corrupted. Right. Because that's what happens throughout the entire book. I do like that there is certain, there seems to be a certain kind of truth that like the only way to get out of this is just to straight up leave. Like I think, and no one even tries to leave until the end when Sadie's just like, I got to get out of here. And she just like pieces. And she's like, okay, cool. Like she survived and just got out. But like everyone just like, the world is so crazy, but I got to keep hanging out with these like five people. Sadie's obviously the cat uh, like like um not obviously but she's she's like the um almost the inciting incident for the for the entire thing because she's the one that is initially like Sadie's kind of Willie's like power broker sort of and also having an affair with Willie. But in 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 the very beginning, she's the one who is like to to Willie, she's like, You sap, you fucking moron. You didn't figure out that any of this shit you didn't figure out that they were manipulating you. Of course they're manipulating you because you're a dumb redneck. And and so like that is the catalyst that that like sort right. of sours Willie on idealism and he becomes someone that is um, interested, more interested in power than in doing uh, maybe the right thing. I also do kind of like 
it, it's it's I don't think it's like genuine appreciation of the novel, but I I I, had, I I think it's funny how how oblivious Jack is to everything. Like he sets himself up as like this investigative journalist, whatever, and it takes him months to figure out he loves Anne. He's just like, oh shit, I love Anne. Yeah, it's like yeah, idiot. Of course you do. Or at the end, it's just like I never realized it was Sadie. It's just like how do you not? Like if the, what you just said, like they set it up, like he set it up as the author and she inspired everything. Like, of course she's the one who's going to like pull the strings. Cause she's always been pulling the strings. Yeah. He's like, I can't believe that she was the one who told the thing, but it's just like, who else would it have been? Like mm-hmm. it's either happenstance, which doesn't make any sense either within the story or just narratively, or it's some, there's not that many people again, going back to the same point. There's not that many people that it could have been who made the phone call to say, Hey, this happened. Yeah. I mean, just like, oh, I didn't think of it. Dude, you have one job. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, As a book, it is also, like, not terribly kind to women. Um, There's a lot of, like... Or minorities. But that's also of the time. No, I think think the... the, Again, like, we we talked about this a a little bit um, earlier because, uh, like, Robert Penn Warren wrote a book later on that is, like, uh, sort of an oral history of the civil rights movement called Who Speaks for the Negro. Um, Like, I think, like... Robert Penn Warren's politics are progressive. I think his use of racism in in this book is to like give us an accurate picture of how of how people treated other people in Louisiana in the 30s. I don't think it's any like I don't think that that is representative of how Robert Penn Warren feels about people. Because he's also writing in the 40s. Like it's not like there's he's not he doesn't really have the full benefit of like decades later. Yeah, exactly. It's just like he also still like not he but like people still like people still today talk like you know what I mean? Sure. Just but yeah. Yeah, the women are just mostly there to have sex with the men, kind of. Yeah, and to um, corrupt them and to be part of their downfall mm-hmm. and all this stuff. Or, like, be Jack's mom and be like, please let me give you money. He's like, I don't want your money, mom. Yeah. Over and over and over again. Yeah, they're there so that the men can be honorable or so that the men can be corrupted. Yep. That that was kind of, I did appreciate sort of that, like, he keeps going home and keeps being like, oh, this is why I left. Because it's terrible here and we all hate each other. Yeah. Yeah, so which is like a real southern classic southern gothic thing to yeah. to to think. Did you have a favorite part of the of the book? I like the investigative journalism stuff because that's just you know like I would watch a hundred movies like Spotlight, right? Yeah. Like I didn't love She Said, but just it's a journalism movie. Like I liked it. I think it's pretty good. But like I would watch, I will watch every journalism movie. I just think those are really good. I also I like the beginning. Like I like the sort of like the sort of inciting incident, like going from like, once they get to a stat, like Willie is established. I'm just like, maybe it's because we've been away from him for so long or it's just like, I know what this is. Like it was kind of like, okay, yeah, sure. Well, the first, the first 10 pages are like really, really muscular poetic prose. That's like, okay, we're fucking doing this. We're yeah. all in. It's there's about sugar boy driving that car down the road. And it's like telling the story of the nature around him and like him swerving in and out. And it's just like, God damn, it's like you can picture, I can picture it perfectly in my head and it's like feels so poetic the way that he. Also, like literally the first line of the book is about like location and about being in Louisiana mm-hmm. and like getting mm-hmm. around and just like, oh, well, here, here we are mm-hmm. in Louisiana module, right? So. Yeah. So my, my favorite, I think, I think my favorite part of the book is um, like at the very, very end. Yeah. Jack has the opportunity to like further corrupt Sugar Boy. Oh, this is a great scene. And he is like. You know who killed Willie? And Sugar Boy's like, yeah, I know who killed Willie. I shot that. I shot him. He's dead. Yep. And Jack's like, what if I told you 
someone put that guy up to it? What would you do? And Sugar Boy, Sugar Boy, who is um, like a like a stuttering innocent, right? right? His stutter is used sort of as a symbol of his outsiderness, and he gives Willie humanity because Willie was always very kind to him. Yep, and, and Sugar Boy basically is just like his driver and just kind of like his part of his posse. And he's the guy that kills Adam when Adam shoots uh, shoots Willie. Um, so, so sugar boy is like incredibly loyal. He's offered a job in the new government. He says no. Um, cause he's, you know, Willie is his guy. And so Jack has this opportunity to say, look, tiny is the one that put tiny is the guy that was the Lieutenant governor that ended up taking yep. Willie's spot played by James Gandolfini, which I thought was pretty good casting in terms of, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, ironic the name tiny. Well, um, he's a big fat guy in the book too. Yeah. So yeah. Um, so he's saying like. Like he could, he has the opportunity to tell, right. to tell Sugar Boy, like you could do this. And he even notes the poetic irony of like setting someone up for murder the same way that Tiny did. Mm-hmm. And this feeds into the, the book's themes of like everyone is corruptible, right? Yep. Everyone, you have this opportunity to, you can, you can ruin Sugar Boy's life. You can, he'll, he, he knows, Sugar Boy knows that if he kills Tiny, he'll be hanged. And he's like, I don't care. I'll hang him anyway. I'll do it anyway. Yeah. And so he's, he's trying really hard. He's saying like, you know, you got to tell me who did it. You got to tell me who did it. And eventually uh, Jack is just like realizes that he doesn't want Sugar Boy's life in his hands. And he says like, I was just kidding. I don't, I, I have no idea who did it. So he, it's like Jack's one good act, right? It's, it's sort of, I think it's meant to be redemptive because he, he saves like the book's innocent. Sugar Boy is in, in a lot of ways the book's innocent character. Even though it, it winds up just sort of feeling cruel and like, the, the way to describe Sugar Boy's face, just like he just goes, like he's just like anger in, embodied, right? He's just like, why would you do this? Why would you say this? Why would you do this? Because Sugar Boy up? thinks that he's playing a trick on him because Sugar Boy is, again, once again, that innocent sort of right. simpleton. But then he's like, there's a weird kind of like undercutting of what that is. He's like, I knew I knew it would happen to Sugar Boy anyway. Like he would, get, he would die in a car crash or get shot. And like in that regard, like it's redemptive, but it's also just like, well, if you're so convinced that this kid's going to die. Right. The best thing. And, and, and like he could have given the, him the opportunity to have get actual vengeance. Yeah. And get vengeance. And right. It's, it's like, it's, it's redemptive, but not fully. It's like Jack still sort of sucks. Yeah. Jack's not a good guy. He's not likable. I just like, I didn't, I didn't find anything. Like I couldn't dig into him as a character, as a protagonist, as a narrator in a way that like, like Binks was charming and he's just like, I don't know what's going on, man. And this yeah. was just like, Life is so hard. It's like, no, man, just commit to anything. Just like (laughs) you've had nothing, but you come from money. You have all the power. You know everybody. You're in with everybody. Just go through with literally anything instead of just like, I'm good. Try to be a good influence. Don't don't get, you know, yanked around to do bad stuff. Right. Is there anything else? This is where we've not done a, it's not a super long episode. We still got Egg's email to read, but is there anything else? I feel like. With so many themes at play, it feels like there should be more, but it's all it's all kind of straightforward. Yeah, I think, and I think simple. It's a, I mean that that's the thing. I think like this book, in spite of its length, I think is pr- like pretty straightforward in its themes. Um, there aren't that many characters. Its message is is fairly simple. A lot of the weight of the book to me comes in the, in the in like the syntax and the phrasing and and just like the language that he yeah. uses, which I think is beautiful. Um, what, uh, let's talk about it as, as like a Louisiana book. What did it like, how do you think of it as Louisiana? How did it, did it change the way that you think of Louisiana at all? No, I don't. How does it so, contrast at all with the movie goer? Well, we talked about in terms of adapting it 
you had mentioned like it so clearly feels like a David Simon thing, and he also, oh yeah he did Treme, which is all yeah, about yeah. New Orleans, right? So like it feels like the combination of like place and topic being politics just feels like and just like an extended feel bad story kind of. It's just like that's yeah, you know, David, wheelhouse, David right? Simon world, yeah. So I don't know that it necessarily feels like Louisiana because I feel like it's not. It's again, it's not New Orleans. Like it's not a story of New Orleans. It's well, just, that's kind of what I like about it. That it's not specifically New Orleans. It's more like Shreveport or or like right. the you know the broader like countrified Louisiana, not necessarily like the the urban. It doesn't like I I I think again it feels hot and sticky and like of a time and a place, but I feel like it could kind of be reflective of like a lot of different sort of southern states. Well, yeah, I think it's it's number one democratic politics in the south in the early part of the 20th century, which is like incredibly corrupt and incredibly yep. um you know, strongman based and and uh like in that in that way that we now think of those states as being very republican. Yeah. Um the so party the, of Lincoln. So there's like an interesting like flip of of that switch that comes in the with the Dixiecrats in the 60s. But yeah, it, it does like because because that kind of politics can also be Tammany Hall, right? It can it, the, like those are the politics of of New York in the 20th century as well. There's there's like this broad view of America. It's more of an American novel yes. than it is like a, a novel. That can be specifically located in Louisiana, but I think by locating it specifically in Louisiana, we get the specifics that are necessary to tell such a broad story. No, and I think it 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 definitely feels like it doesn't feel like a north. Like actually, I, I I thought I don't remember what we were talking about earlier, but it reminded me of a thought I had while reading it. Was it also kind of reminded me of Widows, the Steve McQueen movie Widows? Yeah, okay. You saw that, right? Yeah. But it's it's again like it's it sort of feels like the sort of the seedy underbelly of like very few people in power trying to bend. Like, I think it's probably just all politics, but it feels like it it just reminded me like tonally of what that movie. I mean, that movie's the heist movie. Like it's a different thing, but it feels like the sort of grassroots kind of. It also it has that shot, which is the shot that everyone talks about when they talk about widows, where he drives from the like downtown. Uh, it's Chicago, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like downtown Chicago dystopia of poverty to the government governor's mansion, and it's a three minute drive, yep. right? It's all one, yeah. it's one long uh, single shot, and and you go from like rubble on the streets to this like gated community that is full of millionaires. So so it's like this idea that the governor's mansion is only ever a stone's throw away from from poverty and the life that they're affecting with their policies and things like that. Yes. So I think as a I think it it definitely makes sense as a southern novel. Mm-hmm. Again, I don't know Louisiana, but also like I'm not from Louisiana. I'm not from the 40s. Like it might be perfectly reflective of that time and that place. Do we know where Robert Penn Warren was? Did he grow up down there? Sure, I would guess. I all of his books are about the South in in some way. He was born in Kentucky. Yeah, died okay. in Vermont. That's where you go to die if you're from Kentucky. You get away from the the humidity. Oh, well, so there's a there's a comparison between Robert Penn Warren and Jack Burden was that Warren's mother had roots in Virginia and their family had given the name to the community of Penn Store in Patrick County. So, like, again, just like Burden's Landing or whatever it is, right, or mm-hmm. Burden's Crossing or whatever. Also, Burden as a last name is a pretty on the nose, but also, you know, it kind of works. Right. Jack. Yeah. Jack Burden. Jack's Burden. Yeah. yeah. I'm just trying to see. Yeah. He, he started. He taught at Southwestern College in Memphis. So, yeah, he's definitely a Southern yeah. sort of guy. But yeah, do you think it fits? I mean, it, it's obviously a Southern novel. If 
Because you had not read any of these three books before. Is I that read correct? Confederacy. Oh, okay. Well, had you seen this movie before? No. Either of them? No, still haven't. Knowing what you know about both the movie goer and this, would you, if you were repicking modules, would you still keep these in a, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I think they're good. I think they're yeah, both. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. I'm curious to see, do you, and so obviously Confederacy is going to work as Louisiana because you, you read it and you picked it. So mm-hmm. looking forward to that. Um, anything else, anything else you want to talk about before we get to X email? Let's see what, let's see what I guess. Uh, we have an email address, lottery at cage me. If you want to write in about this or any other book. And we will talk about it on the next episode. Or other stuff. You know, it doesn't even have to be about books. Just say what's going on. Yeah. Meg's reaction to all the King's men. I really like this novel, but some parts I definitely could have done without. It was crazy how contemporary this all felt. Like it felt like some scenes could have been recreated word for word in a modern day novel with only the names of the politicians changing and it would have been believable. The prose of this novel felt unparalleled and the quips by Jack were so funny. Yeah. I love the line when Sadie was talking about Willie, quote, two-timing her. Jack said, quote, he was two-timing Lucy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you need some kind of other kind of arithmetic for what he was doing to you. But I don't know whether you multiplied or divide in a case like this. As a side note, Sadie as a character was so interesting, even though Jack spent most of his time describing how ugly he finds her. Yeah, I like Sadie. Sadie's good. She also, like... She survives like she, yeah, you know, she sure does. She's one of, I mean, how many characters in this book die, right? Willie dies. Adam dies. Yep. Um, judge dies. Judge dies. Uh, uh, Tom dies. Yeah. I mean, sugar boy is basically yeah. at the gallows basically. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Jack's been dead inside. Yeah. It's a tragedy. I love chapter five, the best eggs as, which, you know, you mentioned before, the one where he's trying to find dirt on the judge. I loved following the trail of his investigation. Then I appreciated that the next chapter was, quote, these are the other things that were happening during this time. The investigation was so compelling on its own. If the line was broken, that part of the story wouldn't have been as effective. Yeah, I think the book is structured in a really interesting way. That's like nonlinear, but also like not hard to follow the way a nonlinear book often is. Right. Because it's like, oh, this is in like 1855 or something like that. This is when we're like 14 years old or, or Anne's 14 or whatever. It's like, yeah. it's not like two years before, four years later, just like we're here or we're way back or way back or whatever. When it was first revealed that Anne was sleeping with Willie, I thought it was going to be that she was sleeping with him as an angle to get the hospital built. And that was why Willie wanted to get it built without bribes and have it be, quote, clean. Because there was the point earlier in the novel where it talked about having to do good with bad ways, but then it felt really dumb that she just loved him. It felt dumb? Yeah, I don't know. It made sense to me because it was like, I I think there's this idea that Willie has something compelling and pure about him that is not necessarily represented on page. And so Anne being interested in him shows us why the greater state of Louisiana would be interested in him continually. Why... uh, Maybe why Jack sticks with him a little sure. bit. Like it shows that that he has because Anne, as far as we know, is a character of goodness. Yep. Right. So when Anne sees something in Willie to love, it makes it easier to believe that Willie is someone deserving of love. Well, it feels like ambition too. Like if if they I know that's not this, but to a certain extent, with with the lack of characters in the novel, it's like, do you want to be with Jack who does nothing or Willie who tries to do everything? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and like I think we're 
a reader is essentially supposed to side with Jack, but like I don't because I don't think Jack has. Well, we're supposed to side with him because it's from, from his perspective, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But like maybe maybe Robert Penn Warren is showing us like, look, Jack, this Jack guy, there's like not really that much going on with him. There's right. There's other more compelling things in the world. Yeah, I don't think it's a shock or surprise at all that like, again, in a very either by design or just like coincidentally very closed off community, even though it shouldn't be. Yeah, if, if those are your options, you're going to go with Willie. Why would you not go with Willie? Even if, like, he's married and he has other mistresses or whatever. Even if he's a Sean Penn-looking motherfucker. Yeah. And the other one, and, and Jude Law, I mean, come on. The young pope. Get out of here. That's true. Yeah, he is the young pope. I found the chapter after the affair reveal, the one that traced Jack's love life to be really annoying, even though I could appreciate the structure of Jack not being able to reveal his affection to Anne until she was, quote, taken from him by Willie. I also hated that Anne and Jack got married at the end. It's like, it's not even a marriage. It's like, and then Anne was my wife. It's just like, wait, hold on. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's because there's only two people left. <laughs> that and the whole parallel between the cast, master, and slash judge stuff felt forced. I agree. I could have done without that entire storyline. Really, everything about Jack as his, quote, own person felt kind of boring. But the part at the end where Jack chose to be good was excellent. Is that the is that the sugar boy stuff? I guess so. Okay. That wouldn't have been as effective if we didn't have the boring part. I agree. I like the quote trail of him pointing to how he chose goodness where he saw tiny Duffy winking in his mind's eye and therefore making the conscious choice of letting the death of Adam go. It felt very Steinbeckian. Mm-hmm. 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 All in all, Egg says, a mostly compelling novel that I really enjoyed reading. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, again, my problem is with the is with the like heightened melodrama of it. And I again, I'm not one, I'm not even 100% sure if that's a problem. It's just when I was reading it, I was just like, I this is too insular. There should be more people. It should be a, a bigger, more sprawling cast than this. I agree, especially since like the point of politics is to get the most votes. It's like I'm going to get the most votes from the six people that I talk to. Yeah, it's a 600-page book. Like bring in some right. other people. Again, if you want to email in lottery at cageclub.me. Do we want to call them at the cover? is so boring. Yeah, no, we don't need to. You want Girl Scout cookies? We got a link for you. <laughs> we should use this to sell Girl Scout cookies. It's too late. We're, we're too advanced. That's maybe. true. We're on Twitter at LotteryPod, Patreon.com slash Lottery. Don't support the Patreon. There's no – whatever. If you, want to, if you want to email us, that's that's the way you can do it. And make sure whatever you do, just keep reading. Uh, yeah, and today's – oh, shit. I had a crime. That was a good one. Murder? No. Um, shoot. Fucking around and finding out? Oh my God, shut up. All right, I guess it's just ripping the tag off the mattress. Again? I already did that one? I think so. Uh, of course I did. Yeah, that's like the most obvious. The mattress one and the dumping ashes, I feel like, are the, every crime. Uh, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, dropping a penny off the skyscraper. <laughs>